I'd like to talk about uh, Avram Avinu by the Maratha Machpelah for his, for his wife, to bury his wife, and uh, especially the way the story is told to us. Um, the first pasuk, you look at the, at the sheet, So Rashi points out immediately that the pasuk has um, a lot of extra words in it. You see the Rashi? So each, each time, in other words, in Hebrew, if you wanted to say 127, you could say Meya Esrim Vesheva. You don't have to say Meya Shana, Vesrim Shana, Vesheva Shana, Shanim, even though that appears often in the Tanakh. But you don't have to, according to, according to Rice. Uh, it's, it's, it's extra. Now you know that Rashi was very much directed by intuition that Chazal had. So he quotes Chazal, and he says that the reason for this, the reason for this is, that each of these numbers has some meaning. She was a hundred, but she was like twenty as far as sinning is concerned. A 20-year-old, someone who's not yet 20 years old, didn't really have a chance to sin too much. about onshin. I don't want to discuss this. This has halachic. Like, what does it mean to say that someone who's not 20 years old doesn't get punished? But the punishment that Rashi is talking about is karet, right? Being cut off, being cut off. That punishment, that punishment doesn't. Uh, doesn't apply to somebody who's less than 20 years old. Okay, everybody knows this Rashi. Everybody knows this Rashi. And, and, and this is like a kind of a, a hespain. It's kind of a eulogy on, on Sarah. Like hidden, hidden in the text, even though the Pasuk says that, uh, uh, Sarah died in Hebron means to eulogize her and the eulogy is already in the first pasuk according to Rashi right that's the eulogy that's who she was she was uh, uh, ageless, she was pure, she was beautiful, right? And if you think back on the story of Sarah, you think back on the story of Sarah, you, you have all of these things, right? Her beauty got her into trouble, and her naivete got her into trouble, and 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 her her purity got her into trouble. All of that, all of that is the story of the life of of Sarah, but also how she got out of it, how it worked out, how it turned out that she had a son. Etc. Even though it was difficult, so you see Rashi, Rashi pasuk bet the the second part of the Rashi. You see, forget about Kiryat Arba for a moment. Vayavo Avraham bi'be'er shova. Vayavo Avraham bi'be'er shava. Okay, I mean, obviously, if the pasuk says that Vayavo Avraham, it must have come from some place. 
But does this mean anything to me? How come he was in Be'er Shava and she was in Hebron? Does this have anything to do with the story that we are told this is of any importance that Avram Avinu was in Be'er Shava? You know what Be'er Shava is? Yes. We know because we live in it, right? And you know where Hebron is? Kirat Arba. Right, so Hebron, Kirat Arba, Yerushalayim, right? I mean, sorry, Be'er Shava, Hebron, Yerushalayim. Who is in Be'er Shava? <coughs> Aram Avinu. Where did Sarah die? In Hebron. How come? Weren't they getting along with each other? Wasn't this, uh, why is it important to mention it? Let's say they weren't getting along with each other. So why would you want to, at the time of her death, point this out? Now if you go back, look again, the smoke of Sarah v'lif kota, the nismecha mitat Sarah le'akedat Yitzchak, in other words, there's some connection, a physical connection. Akedat Yitzchak is the end of the parsha of Vayera, right? Last week's parsha, and now we say Sarah died. So Rashi says, based on Chazal, I mean Nismicha. You know what Nismicha is? That the smichut, the the connection of the two parshiot is meaningful. Of course, whenever you tell a story, you usually tell what happened first, and then you tell what happened second. That doesn't mean that there's a necessary connection between what happened first and that and second. But Chazal liked this kind of idea that in the Torah, that in the Torah, there's meaning in in continuity somehow. That the way the story is told is meaningful. So here, the story is told: Akedat Yitzchak, Sarah dies. That's how the story is told. Is it meaningful? I don't know. But Rashi says, Rashi says, Lefisha Yidei B'Sarat Ha'akedah Sunizdamein Benada Shechita V'Kirat Shalom Nishchat Paracha Nishmata Mimena Umeita So now you have, you have a, a, a further eulogy of Sarah. What is the further eulogy of Sarah? That Sarah and Avraham were the same. It was when God told Avraham, when God told Avraham, we're not going to talk about Akedat Yitzchak, but when God told Avraham to sacrifice his son, what was Avraham's reaction? What was Avraham Avinu's reaction? I mean, in the, in, as the story is told, what was Avraham Avinu's position on, on the directive to sacrifice his son? His position was, I better get up early in the morning so I can do it as soon as possible. That was Avram Avinu's position. That was Avram Avinu's position. Avraham Baboker. So the Gemara Sachim says that Avram Avinu taught us that when you have to do a mitzvah, even though the mitzvah could be done all day, like a brit milah, right? You could do it on the eighth day, but the option, the the better option, is to do it as soon as possible in that day. So that what was Avram according to this Chazal, according to the way we learned the pasuk, what was Avram worried about when God told him to sacrifice his son, whether he would do it as soon as possible, as early as possible? He had no feeling at all that this was going to be a tragedy because. As far as I can say, I can see, like, we'll leave Kierkegaard out of the discussion. But, but as far as I understand that, Ramavina did not see the tragedy. 
in sacrificing his son. He didn't see it was a problem. Because Avram Avinu against Rashi, like, or Mithrashi. If you look back at Akedat Yitzhak, Avram Avinu said this. He said, look, God promised that my son would be the father of a great nation, with my son of a great nation. That means we're going to have children of children of children, right? So you could say, oh, now God is reneging. God is changing. God is not going to keep the promise. But Abraham Vinod didn't say that. Abraham Vinod said, look, my job is to follow direct orders. And the rest, God will take care of. It's not beyond belief that God could rejuvenate Yitzchak. I mean, whatever it was, Abraham Vinod wasn't worried about it. But he was sure when he went, he was sure when he went that Yitzchak, his son, would be sacrificed. When Sarah heard about Akedat Yitzchak, about this mitzvah that God had imposed upon upon uh, Avram Avinu, she was also sure that it would happen. But that's the difference between a mother and a father, I guess. I mean, again, I know that today it's not politically correct to imagine that there are differences between men and women. I know that. But I happen to come from a previous generation where people still thought that there might be some way to distinguish, right? So Avram Avinu, certain that everything would work out, went and he wanted to sacrifice his son. Sarah might have been equally certain, but the thought of sacrificing her son was too much for her and she, and she fainted. And she died. She died as a result of Akedat Yitzchak. So that's the Hespade. The Hespade on Sarah. Naya, Esrim, Sheva, Shana. And, and also, Lispoda Sarah, Vilif Kotar. Now we go back to Kiat Arba. Kiat Arba. Rashi says, you see Pasuk Bet? Who was in Kiat Arba? Who was in Kiat Arba? Who Sarah. <laughs> Sarah was a kid, and where was Avram Avinu? He was in Be'er Sheva. So it says here, Kiat Arba Al Shein Arba Nakim Shayusham. It was Rashi points out the fact that to call a place Arba, to give that to make that the name of a place, a little odd. So he said it's Al Shein. That's not odd. You name a place after an event. You name a place after people. So he says, he says, Adakim, Arba Nakim, giants. Shayusham Achiman, Shayshavet Almai, Vaviyem. Davaracher, another explanation, Hashem Arba Zugotchenik Berusham, Ishtri Ishto, Adam Chabab, Rabbisarah Yitzchak, Virivka, Yaakov, Leah. So that Kiat Arba, two reasons. Arba refers to people who were there, the four giants who were there. Other reason is that Kirat Arba refers to the four zugot, the four couples that were buried, will be buried, were buried, intentionally buried, right? So that, that somehow, uh, uh, this place, this place is given that name because those people are buried there. Now if we look at the, at the psukim, let's go back, there's another story. So here's Avram Avinu. Where is Avram Avinu coming from? Coming from Beersheba. Where is he? He's in Kiryat Arba. 
and he finds the Bnei Chet in Kiryat Arba, and he says to them this amazing comment, Ger b'toshav anochi yimachem. Ger means a foreigner. Toshav means what? Stranger. Okay, stranger. Toshav means? A resident, right? So you can't be a stranger and a resident. So it's like strange. He says, Ger b'toshav, it means I'm here, but I'm not here. I'm accepted, but I'm not accepted. I'm part of the scenery, but I'm not part of the scenery. Anochi yimachem. Tnuli achuzat kever achuzah, and achuzah is, is ownership. But you you have something. Achuzat kever. I want to buy a kever imachem vekberam meitim milfanai. Now, why did Avram Avinu want to buy a kever for Sarah in Kiryat Arba? Well, maybe he heard from Min Hashamayim that that's where you have to be buried. In other words, there's no reason for us to think that Avram Avinu didn't own anything in Eretz Yisrael. After Avram Avinu had flocks, and he came to Eretz Yisrael with people, and Eretz Yisrael was pretty empty, like you know, this whole place. He probably settled someplace, was living someplace. Right? He was Vayita Eshel B'Ve'er Shava. You know that Pasuk? That, that, that Avram Avinu planted this Eshel tree in Beersheba. And what's Eshel? According to Chazal. What is Aleph Shin Lamed? What's Eshel? Achila Shteya Leda. And why was it that he opened up this uh, red apple rest? You remember the red apple rest? <laughs> yeah. Who remembers that? Oh, you must be Zoldaziah. <laughs> yes, on the way to the mountains. You are right. Route 17. Red apple rest. So Avinu opened up a red apple rest. Why? Chazal say because he wanted to give people food and then tell them that they have to bench. Imagine that. Where was that? Where was Avinu doing that? In Beersheba. So Vayita Eshav in Beersheba. And obviously, where should Avinu bury Sarah? In Beersheba. But he may have heard Kiat Arba. That's Rashi. Rashi answers that question. He says, why did he want to bury her in? In Kiyatar, because he heard that that was the place, there was no other place to bury her. And therefore he went to B'nai Chait, and he said, you guys own this land, I want to buy it for a grave. So, so then they, they have a discussion, now this is not what we expect of the residents. Why would they refuse money? Why would they say to Abraham Avinu, we don't want you to buy it, we'll give it to you. What kind of idea is that? Pasuk Zayin, Vayakom Avraham, Avraham Karabah, Yishtachabula, Amasla Vechet, Pasuk Chet, I want to buy. I don't want any favors. I don't want to get something for nothing. I want to buy. So I want to buy where? In Kirat Arba. Why in Kirat Arba? I guess he knew that that was the only place that Sarah could really be buried. How is he going to bury her there? After all, the land, Kirat Arba is a city, it's owned by other people. He's going to buy it. He's going to buy it. 
פסוק יוד אפרון יושב בתוך בני חית ויען אפרון החיתי את אברהם מאזני בני חית לכל בעי שער עירו לימו זאת אומרת אפרון אנסוס אברהם אבינו אנסוס אברהם אבינו לא עד הנשמעיני אז עדן נתתי לך במערה אשר בו לך נתתי הלעיני כל בני עמים דעתי לך כמו בדרך זאת אברהם usurps this whole procedure and he says here take it for free it's yours I make an announcement all my people are here I'm going to tell them all that what will I tell them I gave it to you I gave it to you וישתחו אברהם פסוק י"ב לפני עם הארץ פסוק י"ג וידבר אל עפרון באוזני עם הארץ לאמור אחים אתה לושבעני נתתי קצב בשדה קח ממני וקבורת מתי שמה וקבורה את ביתי שם, בפסוק י"ד, ויען עפרון את אברהם לאמור לו, אדוני שמעני, ארץ ארבעה מאות שקל כסף ביני וביתך מהי, ואת ביתך כבוד, this is like, you know, you know, if it was a different group and a different idea would, uh, would come out, but, but anyway, Ephron says he backs them, so okay, you're forcing me to, to take money, so I will take money. וישמע אברהם אל עפרון וישקול אברהם מעפרון אל הכסף אשר דיבר באזני בני חית ארבעה מאות שקל כסף ואל הסוחר. פסוק י"ז. היינו איזה ארבע מבינים פייס. מי פייס? ויקום שדה עפרון אשר מכפלה אשר לפני ממרי השדה והמרה אשר בו וכל העץ אשר בשדה אשר בכל גבולו סביב לאברהם למקנה לעיני בני חית בכל באי שערי רוסו ארבע מבינים בייזר the last pasuk after this negotiation the Bnei Chet Ephron Avram buys an Achazat Kever not such a big piece of land right, the place where you could even if you build uh, the Maratha Machpela not so much land that he bought V'achrei Chet Kavar Avraham Etzara Ishto El Marat Zedei HaMachpela על פני ממרי היא חברון בארץ כנען. ממרי חברון כנען. That's where he buried her. And that's where the Torah, or that's where God wanted her to be buried. ויקום השדה והמרה שבו לאברהם לאחוזת קבר. That word means to stand up, to become, to, to be established. So it was, it was a, a recognized, I would say. It was officially, it was officially a piece of land that belonged to Avraham as an Achuzat Kever. That's what it was for. He bought a cemetery, a small but clearly bought a cemetery and there he buried he buried uh, Sarah. So there's a question. There is a question that you might ask that the Rishonim already asked me, but Ezra and the Ramban in, in the Perushim Torah. Why, why is this story so important? Or why is it important enough to be included in the Torah? What would have been what have been if the Torah just said that Abraham Avinu came lifkot lisarah, lifkotah, and then at the end it would have said that Abraham Avinu buried her, 
in Achuzat Kever, which he bought from Ephron Hachiti. What, what is all this discussion, this negotiation? Like we're in, a, in the Arab shook in the old city, you know, everybody wants to get a little bit of a bargain. Okay, so here it's backwards. Here Ephron apparently was willing to give it for free, but Avramavid understood he wasn't willing to give it for free, so they met. I mean, so, so what? What am I supposed to do with this information? What does it do with this information in the Psukim about Avramavidu buying Achuzat Keva from Ephron? I mean, he bought it. Isn't that what happened? He bought it because he knew that she should be buried in Kirdarba. Kirdarba was a city in which Avramavidu didn't have much, uh, much uh, to say. It wasn't his. There was Bnei Chait, there was Ephron. So we have to look at the Ramban. We have to look at the Ramban. Here's the Ramban. I will read it. I'll try to read it slowly, and you will, uh, and, and we'll try to figure out what he's saying together. That's the last pasuk that we just read. Right, the last pasuk, no, next to the last pasuk, pasuk yutet, pasuk yutet. Okay, kishav levaer hasadeh. Right, the Torah then returns and once again tells us where it was, where the Sadeh was, the field, the place, the land. This whole story is about the Bnei Chait and Ephron. The Fikach is Kirba Sof. So here the Ramban, in my opinion, as I understand the Ramban, is intuiting something wonderful about the literary assessment of this parasha. It's like, where was Avram Avinu? Where was Avram Avinu when he was talking to Ephron Achiti? Where was Avram Avinu when he was talking to Bnei Where was he physically standing? I mean, Forget about our problems today. Let's just think about Avram Avinu. Where was he? Was he in Eretz Kina'an? Or was he in Chutz Eretz? <laughs> Where was Avram Avinu? Ah, so look at the Ramban. But this is not like, we're not into opinions here. We just want to know what the Ramban says. The Ramban says, Ba'avur, Kekola Parashah Eskira Bnei Chait. In this whole story, we know about Bnei Chait and Avron Achiti, who were the owners. They owned it, whatever it is. Avron Achiti, at the end of the story, the recapitulation in the Torah is, is, Kihu Be'eretz Kenan, Asherhu Eretz Yisrael. Now, what made it into Eretz Kenan, Hashem Eretz Israel. What made it? The purchase. The purchase, even though, even though Avram Avinu has a promise from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he will inherit the land. And that promise is not violated by anything. I mean, he's going to inherit the land. It's not like... I mean, even if he gets uh, ultimately, as, as the Gemara says, if you ultimately get kicked out of Eretz Israel, it still belongs to you. It doesn't, nothing changed. But when Avram Avinu came to Eretz Canaan, 
So I guess there were open spaces where Avramovino could could establish himself, and there were other places where there were other people who owned whatever they owned. So here's Avramovino. He knows that he has to bury Sarah in Kiryat Arba, but he wants to bury her in Eretz Kenan, right? As the pasuk says, or as the Rabban says, right? That's why the Pasuk comes at the end and says, Avram Avinu buried her in Eretz Canaan. How so? How did he bury her in Eretz Canaan? Not because in the, on the National Geographic map, you know, everything that's blue is Eretz Canaan. No. But because he bought it. Because one of the ways of making a Kenyan on Eretz Israel, one of the ways of buying Eretz Israel is to actually buy it. Right? I'm not talking about Yeshua Benun, it's true Yeshua Benun had to have Kibush and Chalukah, but that's a different story. We could, we don't have to, like, we can't tell all the stories simultaneously. But here, Avravina, you see, Avravina wanted to bury Sarah in Eretz Israel. He knew that he had to bury her in the Marata Machbela, which may or may not have existed at that time. The only way he could do both things, to bury her in the Marat HaMachbelah and to bury her in Eretz Yisrael, is if he bought the Marat HaMachbelah, the area of the Marat from Ephron HaChiti. And that's what he did. And that's what the Ramban, that's what the Ramban has taught us. The Fikach Yisrael Basov Ki Uberitz Kenan Ashi Eretz Yisrael V'chein Amar B'tchilat HaParashah B'kirat Arba Yichevron Right? And that's why it mentions specifically that Hebron is an Eretz Kenan. That, uh, that, that if you buy a piece of it, you're buying Eretz, Eretz Kenan. According to the Ramban, the whole purpose is to teach us that Sarah died in Eretz Kenaan. Where was Sarah? Where was Sarah? She was in Hebron. Right? Kiryat Arba. And Kiryat Arba was not Eretz Yisrael yet because it was entirely populated by Benechet and Ephron Achiti. But when you buy, when you buy a little piece of land there, then it belongs to Eretz Kenaan. Kiachitim in Mishpachat Kenaan. Great. Well, the fidati, you see that line, the fidati, the first word of line, the lufi. The fidati kitam haktuvim eno elalazkir ki hi eretz kinan lo eretz plishtim. And now the Rabban says something, we don't know even where it's coming from. We, we, but, but he says, I want you to know that there's a point here, another point that's being made, and that other point is lazkir ki hi eretz kinan. The reason that the, the parasha keeps emphasizing that Kirat Arba or Hebron is Eretz Kenan is to say Shelo Eretz Pelishtim. Now, I just want to tell you as an aside, you know Eretz Pelishtim? Where is Eretz Pelishtim? Aza. What we call today Aza, the, the, the Gaza Strip. That's Eretz Pelishtim. What is special about Eretz Pelishtim? What was special? That we were not able, we were not able to conquer it. We, meaning from Yoshua Binun until David Amelech, 
we weren't able to conquer the Eretz Belishtim and to drive them out. They were never driven out of Eretz Eventually they disappeared, but many nations disappear without being driven out. Eretz Plishtim. So he says, the Ramban says, Who Eretz Kenan lo Eretz Plishtim. And what has that got to do with the story? Key. You see that word key? Vipnesha Amar, Vayaga Abraham, Eretz Plishtim, Yamim Rabim. That Avraham Avinu lived in Eretz Plishtim, Yamin Rabim. In other words, Be'er Sheva was also part of the Eretz Plishtim in those days. Right? That's also Eretz Plishtim. And he was there in that Pasuk. V'chol migurav ba'aretz ahi tigrar v'nachal grar or Be'er Sheva. All of these are places that are connected to the Plishtim. Umisham lechevron, umichevron lesham. That's what Abu Ravino did. He lived in Eretz Plishtim. From Eretz Plishtim, he went to Hebron, where he had his family. They went back to Eretz Plishtim. He went back to uh, to Hebron. That's how the Ramban understands. In other words, according to the Ramban, where was Abu Ravino living at the end of his life? Where in Eretz Israel or in Chutzlar? I mean, you could say that he was living in Chutzlaretz. Because Eretz Plishtim is the land that is owned by the Plishtim. And in history, we know that the Plishtim were never driven out. I mean, okay, Be'er Sheva, don't ask me about Be'er Sheva. It, it moved over. But the Eretz Plishtim never changed. Grar and Nachal Grar, those places remained the land of the Plishtim and they were never driven out by the Kibush, by the conquest. And therefore the Torah says that Hebron is part of Kena'an. So that means that somehow Hebron is differentiated. Hebron is differentiated from Eretz Plishtim. Because Hebron, even though Hebron is owned by, is like overrun by Hebroners, no, not those Hebroners, <laughs> it's overrun by, by, uh, by Bnei Chait and Ephron, Hebron potentially is part of Eretz Canaan, and that's what the Pasuk says, so that if, that if you get it, if you, if you can, can somehow conquer it, accept it, uh, adopt it, then it, it's part of Eretz Canaan. The first long line towards the end. This is the point. So here's Avram Avinu. Here's Avram Avinu. And he has this kind of a... How would I say it? He, 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 he like wanders around. And he says, where am I? 
Where am I? Kodesh Baruch Hu, his first encounter with Avram Avinu was to say, Lech Lecha, that's the first, the first uh, encounter that Avinu had with with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and that that was supposed to give Avramavinu bracha, and bracha, okay, bracha means you'll have, you'll have what you're supposed to have, you'll have what you need to have. Bracha is you'll have children, you'll have land. Right and now, the, now the only piece of land in Eretz Israel, or maybe one of the two pieces of land, but one of the pieces of land in Eretz Israel that Avram Avinu, that Avram Avinu knew about, that had to become his immediately, was Marata Machpelah, because in order to bury Sarah in Eretz Kinaa. In the place that was designated by Hakadosh Baruch Hu, which is Marata Machpelah, in order for that to take place, Marata Machpelah, the land of Marata Machpelah, had to belong to Avram Avinu. It had to be his. It had to be his in order that this could become that this could become the burial place for Sarah Imenu. There was no other chance. So when Ephraim Achiti offers Abraham to take it for free, what do I need? A, a plot of land for, 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 for a cemetery? I mean, take it. Abraham said, no, 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 I insist. I have to buy it. So they were talking about two different things. Ephraim Achiti was talking about making money. He said, oh, we'll make money some other way. But Abraham was not talking about making money according to the Rabban. Abraham was talking about burying Sarah and Eretz Kenan. Now, not Eretz Canaan, which will become Eretz Canaan when Yeshua ben Nun conquers it, but Eretz Canaan now. And that's why the Ramban calls her a tzaddeket. A tzaddeket means she deserves it. She deserves more than you think she deserves. So here's Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu is fighting for the bracha. He's fighting for this, this result that can only come about this result can only come about if he buys the Marata Machpelah from Ephron Achiti. Let's look at another Pasuk. And we have another idea. Eile yimei shnei chayei Avraham asher chai. Mi'at shena v'shivim shena v'chamei shena. It doesn't take a great literary critic to understand that the Torah is trying to connect somehow the death of Avraham Avinu with the death of Sarah. Because the same kind of structure is used with the numbers. Right? It's hard not to be reminded of the death of Sarah when you read about the death of Abraham. Now, So you have all these words uh, which the which the Mephoshim are interested in which all refer to death. Right? Yigva. Uh, that's to die. Vayamot, that's, that's to die. Vayasev elamot, that's to die. So Avram Avinu, he really died a lot. Uh, you could say he meant that the world missed him, like he was, he was absent. They felt it. They felt the death. The death was not a regular kind of death, but it was more than that. Even though Avram Avinu, from his point of view, was satisfied. Right? What does it say? Seva tova zaken v'saveya. 
You hear somebody die, Saveh. Saveh means well fed. You don't die well fed. You know, maybe the last meal, but not well fed. What was Saveh here? Vayikbaru oto now, Vayikbaru oto Yitzchak v'Yishmael banav, El Marata Machpelah Sadei Efron, Ben Sochar Chiti Ashal Panei Mamre. So you have this story. His sons, Yitzchak and Yishmael. Who was older? Yishmael was older. But the Pasuk says, Yitzchak v'Yishmael. Rashi says, it's not on the sheet. Rashi says, what, what? Yeah, it's true. But what about Yitzchak and Yishmael? In other words, you're right. But Rashi says this, that Yishmael respected Yitzchak for his spiritual uh, value. And therefore, the Pasuk said, Yitzchak v'Yishmael. And in fact, Yishmael did tshuva. And therefore, this is represented by the fact that both of them come to bury their father. They both come to bury their father. Great. So now, Pasuk Yud goes on to emphasize. Oh, Pasuk Tet. Go back a little bit. He says, El marata ben Remember that? All those designations. And so the Torah says, Remember, you know what this is? What is that? Well, why does the Torah tell me that? So why? Why does the Torah tell me that? By the way, there's one more passage on the sheet which we'll just take a look at quickly. This is a prediction that God made to Avram Avinu that you will die means good old age. You will come to your parents, your, 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 the earlier generations in peace. So of course this is a crux. I mean, what do you mean Terach? He was a bad guy. What do you mean Avram is going to go to Terach? And whoever came before Terach, all that, all those idolaters. So Rashi says, not only so not only did Terach do tshuva but Yishmael did tshuva so Avram Avinu is now surrounded you know by by the future there's a future because his father did tshuva his son is doing tshuva so, so this indicates that when Avram Avinu was buried I mean somehow the the eulogy for Avram Avinu was that everybody he came into contact with was overwhelmed by his personality, by his ideas, by his directions, etc. So what do we see from these psukim that come at the end of the parasha? To my mind, to my mind, Avram Avinu bought the Maratha Machpelah from Ephron Achiti for two reasons. For two reasons. One, as the Ramban said, because Sarah, he had an obligation to bury Sarah in the Maratha Machpelah, in the place of the Maratha Machpelah. She was a tzaddeket. She deserved that. And the only way 
to turn the Morocco Machpelah at that time into Eretz Canaan, the only way to do that was to buy the, the, the Morocco Machpelah. But that wasn't sufficient because we all understand that purchase, purchase is, is a temporary thing. I mean, okay, you bought it. So who says the robbers are not going to take it back? Who says that Ephron Achiti is not going to take it back? Who says that the B'nai Chait are not going to make trouble for you in the future? And we know that his son Yitzchak was, I would say, a man of peace. Right? Yitzchak was not a fighting force. And so who is going to protect, who is going to protect this purchase and enable the same burial for Avram Avinu that Avram guaranteed for his wife. So that was the publication of this purchase. Everybody knew that Avram Avinu purchased it and therefore when Avram Avinu died, when Avram Avinu died, he was buried under the kind of the watchful eyes of Yitzchak and Yishmael who were Balei Tshuva and Balei uh, Yitzchak Tamim Tmimut and Yishmael Bal Tshuva and and therefore in spite of the fact that they were not the type that Torah emphasizes the fact that the deal that the original deal made with the Ronachiti the original deal made with the Ronachiti and the Bnei Chait was still in force and Avram Avinu in fact was buried in Eretz Canaan he was buried in Eretz Canaan even though that place Barat HaMachpelah was totally subsumed under the aegis of of, of, of the natives. The natives actually owned this, owned this land. So, you know, if you wanted to, uh, to learn a lesson, we see that when Avram Avinu was promised that he would get Eretz Canaan, it didn't mean today. It didn't mean that now. But there was a process that had to be inspired by Avram Avinu. Avinu taught his children and they in turn their children that Eretz Canaan in fact belonged to them. But it would become theirs only after Yoshua bin Nun, only after Yoshua bin Nun and Am Yisrael conquered the land and divided it up and started living there as regular people. On the other hand, there was this issue of Maratha Machpelah which was a more powerful issue at the time of Avram Avinu than even the Haram Moriah, even the place of the sacrifice of Isaac. Avram Avinu wanted to bury Sarah and in turn to be buried eventually in Eretz Canaan. And the only way to do that, even though the land was promised to him, even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him clearly that this will all belong to you, all this land will eventually belong to you, in spite of that, in spite of that, Abraham didn't want to be buried in Eretz Yisrael now. He wanted Sarah to be buried in Eretz Yisrael now, and therefore, therefore he had to go to the trouble of making, uh, of buying the land, and making a, a public the fact that he bought the land. And that's what happened in the Torah. The Torah makes it public. After all, the Torah was a document that people would know about. And therefore, it became clear to everybody that the purchase was a purchase, 
and that even though they may not have understood the theology, but it was clear to us that Abraham Avinu buried his wife and then buried himself in Eretz Canaan by buying uh, the Maratha Machpelah, which according to Rashi was necessary. There was no place else that Sarah and Avram were going to be buried. All the best.